acts of worship. And I think that it's important, church family, that we, that we do that, that we don't forget that God doesn't run on, on the same kind of time that we do. Amen. Uh, God doesn't, you know, he doesn't look up at the watch and at the clock on the wall and say, oh, man, it's, it's, getting, it's getting a little late. Chavo's going to be wondering where you guys are at, man. You know, that's not, that's not what, God ain't worried about Chavos. Um, and so, uh, man, I just, I want to encourage you to, to not get in too, too big of a hurry. I was talking to, to Terry one Sunday, and I said, Terry, I want to get us to a place on Sunday mornings where we're not in a big hurry. And he said, I'm all for that. And, and that, you know, that helped me. And um, we don't want to get in a big hurry. So um, I do want to do something before we, before we go any further. Um, if, you're, if it's your first time with us this Sunday, welcome. If it's your second time, welcome. If it's your 437th time, welcome. We're excited to see you. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us on a Sunday morning. Uh, I believe that God honors the time that you give to him. And so when you gather with your family, which is uh, a lot of people try to split hairs and say, why you don't have to go to church every Sunday. I think the Bible, I think the New Testament is clear that we should gather. And um, I think God honors that. Come on. And before we go any further, I do want to remember uh, today is September 11th. And I want to just take a, a second and just remember, everyone, if, if you're, we've got some young folks here, and, and you may not remember, you may not have been around at that, at that, uh, at that time, but I want to take just a minute just to be silent, and I want you to remember, where were you? Where were you? And I'm going to come back and, and tell you why I want you to think about that. Let's just, just for a second. I was homeschooled. Now you all know why I'm so weird. No, just kidding. Any, any homeschoolers, you know what I mean. Um, and I remember I, I walked into our, I went and got some, some breakfast, and, and I walked into our little den area, and, and on the news there was something very, very strange. I had never seen anything quite like that. And for the rest of the day, I think the entire family just sat there. And what a horrible thing. What a horrible thing that sin caused. Oftentimes, church family, <clears throat> we see horrible things. Uvalde, um, the 9-11 attacks, all these different things. And you wonder, why? Why does that happen? It's sin. Sin is what does that to us. Sin, when sin takes over the heart of man, people do wicked things. And so what do we do as the church? Do we, do we get afraid and, and go hide and you know, shut our doors and just gather up in here and talk about how bad the world is? No, no. We have hope because we know that as much chaos is in the world, as much turmoil is in the world, we know the peacemaker, amen? And so we have hope and we lean into situations and we speak the truth and we love 
Even when it doesn't make sense, we love. We love forward. Because that's what God tells us to do. Amen? And I think, I'm so thankful. We've got some firemen. We've got some EMS. We've got law enforcement in the church. And I'm so thankful that there are people who volunteer, medical personnel, that volunteer to take care of business. Amen? Amen. Can we celebrate one more time? Let's celebrate one more time. Chief, I see you back there. Ooh, he looks good. Y'all got a shirt, man. Come on. I'm so thankful for our firemen and our law enforcement um, because, let me tell you, uh, and, and I, I serve with the fire department, and still I look at these guys because I'm just like, I get in the way more than anything else. The last time I went to a fire, I tripped over a fire hose, and I don't think anybody saw, and I was just like, thank you, Jesus, you know? And, uh, but I look around at these guys, and they know their stuff. Come on. And, uh, man, I'm just so thankful. And uh, what a defining moment in fire and EMS and law enforcement um, that we saw all those years ago. And we're not going to forget. We're not going to forget that. Uh, and we're not going to forget the, the things that happened after. One of the things that happened was unity. And I remember when right after that, that week, man, there was an American flag hanging on every stinking every storefront just about every house there was a flag and that unity and sometimes I think back to that and I say God you know bring unity back to this nation and that kind of that kind of segues into what I want to talk about this morning I do have one other thing uh just just a little housekeeping um the church um we have a little bit of a problem and it's kind of a good problem sister Barbara but we've got a lot of um we, we need volunteers. <laughs> Let me just come out and say it. We need volunteers. And so if you say, hey, pastor, I would like to help. Come on. We need, some, we need help with uh, greeting at the door. Um, we need help with the sign. We need help with parking lot. We need teachers. Come on. Church is alive. Church is moving. And we definitely want to make sure that we lean into our young people. And so Wednesday night teachers, nursery teachers, come on. And uh, you got to have a special anointing for that one for nursery because both of my sons are in there and so make sure that you pray through come on maybe spend some time at the altar huh not on Wednesday night okay only once a week <laughs> oh man well hey so last week I was continuing um, a series of talks uh, called no offense and uh, we're just kind of talking about being offended and um, how we get offended. We all get offended. And I think it's okay to get offended. What you don't want to do is live offended, okay? It's okay to be offended, but you don't want to live offended. And so last week, we started talking about how to deal with those people. Come on, we all know about those people. We're not going to say any names. We're not going to look around, but we know those people. Come on, maybe they're know-it-all. Maybe there's somebody that uh, drives 45 in a 55. I don't know. Those people. Come on. And so uh, uh, if you want to uh, turn to Ephesians 4 with me, and uh, we're just gonna we're gonna look at some verses here and just kind of jump right back in. Uh, last week we talked about um, being angry and not sinning, and I think that you can get angry about things. I, I don't know how you go through your life 
without getting angry about certain things. Come on, there are things we get passionate about. Um, but you can, in your anger, you don't have to sin. And I think that's where uh, Christian people sometimes slip up a little bit. We just get, you know, we get kind of a righteous anger going on. We think it's a righteous anger, and it ends up being a self-righteous anger. So let's kind of, let's look at this. So Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Skip to verse 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. That means you can't watch any more LSU football games. <laughs> Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And so uh, Paul's talking here, and he's saying, hey, let me just lay all this out. Let me just get all your dirty laundry and just throw it out so we can talk about it. And, and I think it's so important. And this is one of those passages of Scripture that you kind of, uh, sometimes we might be guilty of just looking, oh, yeah, man, I, you know, I don't sin when I'm angry. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. But church family, I think this is something that we really need to rest on. We need to make sure as followers of Jesus that we, that we, that we uh, abide by this, especially, and this is what we spent so much time on last week, unwholesome talk. Listen, I think what happens is we start to process things. And we get upset about something. We come home and, and we just start to, man, I, 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 and I think it's okay to process something. And it's okay, let's say something happens at my work and I come home and I say, Brittany, I'm just really, I had a bad day. And she says, well, what goes, what happened? I think it's okay to say, hey, I just, you know, I, this person upset me. I think you can process through something. I think you can communicate through something without sinning. So what, when do we sin? When we trust ourselves over God. That's when we sin. So when we come home and we punch a hole in the door, you have trusted yourself. You have let your anger get out of control. That's when we begin to sin. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Okay? Um, so, Being offended is inevitable. Living offended is, <clears throat> is a choice. So last week, I gave you three examples of destruction. Three ways that Satan can come in and destroy you. And I want to get really personal with you, okay? You think, it's okay if I get mad. It's okay if I just, you know, I'm just hurting. It's just me. It's a personal thing. If I get in my truck and I slam my hand on the console and I, and I cuss, you know, a, just a couple of times, nobody hears but, but me, right? Wrong. Absolutely wrong. And, and listen, I, I just want to give, uh, I want to be transparent here. There have been times in my past when, when I would just be so angry and I would get in my vehicle and I would just slam my hand down. And I would just be so mad. 
And I thought, it's okay. I'm going to let it all out before I get home. So I'm not, I'm not showing out in front of the kids. I'm not showing out in front of my wife. I'm not taking it out on any. And is that a healthy thing to do? Is that something that, that just only affects? Nobody hears. Nobody knows. Wrong. You see, what Paul says is he says, do not give the devil a foothold. Okay. He uses the word topo, which means place. And what happens? What happens? What is at stake? Jason, I've got a, I've got a slide if you'll throw it up there. I'll sh- this is what's at stake. When you trust anger instead of God, this is what's at stake. When I trust anger, I'm going to tell you something that just absolutely wrecked me. That little girl right there, is so smart, and she's smarter, she's, I think she's smarter than her daddy, and I remember I was upset about something, and I mumbled off some things, and we try to be careful about, you know, not getting upset in front of the kids, but I mumbled off some things, I don't know where that child was hiding at, but we got in the car, and she said, daddy, is that person really a butthead, you know, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> yeah, who have you been talking to? And so, church family, I just, listen, this is what, I'm, what I want to bring home to you. The people in that group, I would die to protect those people. So what in the world am I doing when I trust anger? That's what's, that's what's at stake. Come on, your very soul is at stake, but those those are at stake. So let's look at these three things. If, if Satan can get us to uh, reside in offense and reside in anger, he can divide families, friends, and churches. If he can get us to reside in our anger, to just be offended and mad and just forget other people, well, just forget that person. I don't even care about them anymore. He can distract Christians from their mission. And number three, he can discredit our witness. If you, uh, I don't think anybody ever heard about a pastor screaming and hollering and getting mad and said, man, I would love to visit that church. Wow, your pastor threw a chair? (laughs) Come on, God, wow. No, man, that's not, no, no, no. So, um, he wants to do those three things, and, and it comes home. So what do we do? What do we do? When we get upset, he says this. He says, don't let the sun set on your anger. What? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. What if, Pastor, what if I get mad at night? <laughs> that's, how, that's how critical the thinking is. This is what I think we should do with this. Because there are times when you get so hurt that it may take a couple of days to reconcile with someone. But here's what I think you can do. Now, we're going to stay on this for a little bit because I want to talk to married people for a second. I think that you should do your absolute best to reconcile the day. Imagine how many things would be fixed 
if we just reconciled, if we just forgave, if we just started uh, to restore the day that we got upset about something. But maybe you can't. Maybe somebody sent you an ugly text, and now you can't get them back on the phone. Or now you can't go, you know, whatever. What do you do? You give immediately. You start giving that to God. That's what you do. Immediately, you start trusting Jesus with that situation. And that begins restoration, even if you can't get to that person. I had someone one time uh, sent me an ugly text and then blocked my number. I couldn't text them back. So how do, I, how do I reconcile with that person the same day? I probably can't because they've decided they don't want to reconcile. But I can do my part in forgiveness and in love and say, God, I'm trusting you with this. Help to heal it. And so let's talk about some, let, let's, talk, let's talk to the married folks for a minute. So have you ever... You don't have to raise your hand or anything. You ever come in and maybe you had a long day, maybe both, both spouses had a long day, and the, the meeting place is often the bed because the kids are in bed, everybody's got their showers done, and so here we are. And you lay down, oh, nice and, and comfy, and somebody says that one thing. And it's like, so what did you mean by that? Huh? Sometimes Brittany will say, what did you mean by what you said? I'd be like, girl, you got to show me in writing because I don't remember what I said. And so it, but you begin to battle. Come on, y'all with me? You begin to battle, and it all becomes about scoring points. Come on, married people, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so you, uh, you, you, you score some points if you huff. <sighs> The first, the first move you do is you get back to back. I'm over here, and you're, and you're over there. Ugh. That way they know for sure. They know for sure. Come on, married people. We're going we gonna to have fun with this for a minute. Then, then if you really want to score some points, you get your covers. They're mine now. And then you can huff again. Ugh. And we're just going to stay mad like this. <clears throat> How different would our, would our marriages be? Some of the biggest fights we've had, or I shouldn't say it like that. It makes it sound like we fight all the time. <laughs> Some of the biggest arguments that Brittany and I have had that were silly if we would have just said, hey, let's just, let's just talk about this. Like civilized adults it would immediately begin to reconcile. But y'all, there's a pride thing that happens and we love our spouse, that's our person, come on. That's our person, but sometimes you just <sighs> You know, because it becomes all about points. And so there's something we do with people even. We, we, we score points. Well, if I can go to my friends and say, yeah, well, they're just a jerk and their hair looks funny. Well, we just scored some points. But ultimately, spiritually, we're losing points. There are no points spiritually, but we're losing ground spiritually. So we don't want to do that. So here's, what, here's some things that I think we can do. And this, is, this again, is, is, is marriage. This is marriage-centric. I, just, I want to speak to marriage. I believe in marriage. I believe that our marriages should be strong and, and married people. Come on. We're just going to, let me talk to you for just a minute longer. Then we're going to bring everybody else back in. That is your person. That is your person. 
Come on. God sent them to you. God sent you to them. That is your person. That should be your prayer partner. That should be your, your I mean, come on. When, it, when the fighting's going down, it needs to be you shoulder to shoulder in agreement. Come on. Same team. So this is something that we, that we try to make sure we do at our house or not do. Uh, never call names. Come on. When we're having a disagreement, never call names. Uh, never raise your voice. We're going to have to get that old wooden pulpit back. <laughs> Don't raise your voice. Because when we begin to raise our voices, we're losing control. We're letting all those uh, ugly emotions just flow. Never get historical. I don't get historical because I don't remember. Okay? Don't get historical. Listen, that's your person. Don't be bringing stuff up. Never say never or always. You always. Well, you never. Come on. The D word is not allowed. We don't even say the full word at our house. The D word. We never, come on, that is your person. We never threaten divorce. We never say, hey, if it, if it doesn't get any better, we're getting divorced. If we can't stop huffing and puffing, we're gonna, we don't threaten that. And we never quote, which this is not something we do, but I want to give this to you. Don't quote pastor. Don't quote pastor. Don't quote pastor. Because let me say something. No, 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 no. Stay with me. Stay with me. Because then what happens is somebody calls me and say, hey, we were having an argument, and they said, you said. I'm like, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing in your argument, okay? Woo! All I say is that is your person. Love them. That's your ride or die. Come on. God gave them to you. God gave you to them. Embrace that. Come on. So, all right, married people, I'm done with y'all. <laughs> Woo! So, verse 32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. It does not say, be arrogant about your moral superiority. Well, I'm better than them because I go to church. And not only do I go to church, but I go to an Assemblies of God church. No, we're not going to do that. Never be critical. Uh, it doesn't say be critical of everyone who thinks differently from you. It doesn't say be harsh because you are dealing with idiots. Because sometimes, y'all, can I be real? Yeah. Sometimes you're dealing with somebody and you're just like, man, how, do you, how have you survived this long? How do you put your pants on in the morning? And so, so Paul doesn't say, hey, just because that person has problems doesn't mean you can be a jerk. Okay, and I thank God for that because there's a lot of people that would have been jerks to me. Like, boy, how do you even live? So, let me give you this, and we're gonna we're gonna start to close here. Um, so, how do you deal with those people? And I think we've kind of defined those people—people people that just get under your skin, people that just cannot. People that get on I-20 and drive in the left lane, 10 under the speed limit. That's not what that's for. It's a state law. Okay. 
Paul says, here's what you do. Be kind, compassionate, forgiving. How? How can we be kind and compassionate and forgiving? I think we have to lean in. We, we use that terminology a lot at this church, lean in. What does lean in mean? When you lean into something, you're getting close. Okay, when I try to read something, I have to get real close to it. When you lean in, you get close. What does that mean? Does that mean that you come and you yoke yourself to somebody that's, that's just got a whole bunch of things going on and, and they're toxic? No, that's not what I mean. I think that means that you lean in with love. You allow that person to have some real estate in your heart. You allow yourself to have compassion towards that person. And sometimes, listen, we've talked about this many, many times. There are toxic people out there, church family, that will attack you. And they'll, they'll realize that you have compassion. And they'll, they'll try to just infect you with that toxicity. And I don't think that God calls us to be uh, messed up with that kind of stuff. I think God calls us to love. To love big. Come on. Love always. Even when it doesn't make sense. And love forward. It takes time and effort to love someone up close. To love their situation. Does that mean you're going over to their house every day? No. Some people, you go to their house every day, they're living in such crazy things, you get shot. But that means that you allow them to be, you allow their name to come up in your prayer time. Come on. That means you allow uh, their face to come across your thoughts when you're compassionately, compassionately asking God to have mercy on people people that have done you wrong. Here's the thing, guys. I, there's no greater example for just about anything than what Jesus has set for us. And, and God led by example, by not just loving us from a distance, but coming to us. Wow. Come on, we sing that song here again. God, will you, Jesus, will you meet me here again? Because, family, I've been in places where it was a mess. In my heart, in my mind, spiritually, just a mess. But God loves us so much. He doesn't run off from that stuff. He doesn't look at you and say, whoa, ho, ho, you messed up bad. He doesn't look at that and get freaked out. He loves us, and he leans in, y'all, and he gets close. <clears throat> and so I want to just, I want to, as I close, I want to do this. Um, we've, talked, we've talked about those people. How do I deal with those people? And as I was reading over these notes, I realized something. What if I've been one of those people? What if I am one of those people? I try, y'all, people that know it all just freak me out. Like, okay, I get it. You have Google. So do I. You donated to Wikipedia. And I caught myself just, just, it's like last week. Somebody said something. I was like, actually. And then I immediately, oh, no. I'm a know-it-all. You know, and so here's what I want to do. Because, church family, I want us to always love 
to our fullest ability. I want us to love, and that's why we say those three things. We love always. Uh, We love big. We love always, even if it doesn't make sense. And we love forward, compassionately. And I think that for me, there's been quite a few times in my life where I haven't done that. I haven't followed that, that example, and I haven't kept that commandment to love because I've had issues with someone. Wow. Can, can I say that? That there are some of us that don't love the way that Jesus does because we're mad at somebody, because we have a problem with somebody's opinion, because we have a problem with something that someone did. Now, again, don't get me wrong. A crime is a crime. And the law is the law. I'm not saying that we should just say, hey, bro, I know that you, you know, I know you stole $500,000 worth of equipment from the golf course, but it's cool, bro, I love you. No, no, I'm not saying that we should let people just, you know, go crazy. What I'm saying is we love their heart. We love their soul, maybe not their situation. That's what we say at Community Church, souls, not situations. So I want to read one more verse, or two more verses, I'm sorry. And then we're going to close with prayer. We're just going to reflect. Uh, Psalm 139 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I don't want to live offended. I can be offended. That's a choice. Or that's, that's inevitable, I'm sorry. But living offended is a choice. And I don't ever want to be so mad and grumpy that I miss the opportunity to love somebody the way that Christ loved me first. And I think some of us have done that. I know, listen, your pastor's never going to get up here and point, 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 point. I'm, I'm always going to point at me first, family. And I know there have been times where I've been so mad at somebody, so frustrated with someone's behavior that I have not had Christ-like compassion for them. So would you stand with me this morning? What I want to do is I want to reflect for just a minute, and I want to pray just a prayer of repentance because there's probably been some of us, and it may not be you. Awesome. If you're, if you're, if you're that holy, you've never been mad at somebody. <laughs> but maybe you have. And I want you to know that just because you got upset, just because you withheld compassion, that doesn't mean that, that God has, is going to withhold compassion from you. So what do we do? We adjust. We say, hey, God, help me with this. And we move on. And we keep serving. And we keep loving. Let's pray together.